Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Hey, welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you by Myers & Associates, serving the Midwest with industrial maintenance products and services. Call them at 515-795-3676. Myers & Associates, keeping your operations running. Welcome to another week of Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. This is Shane Vanderhart. we got Brian Myers in studio and a very special guest, Scott Owen with Crosswalk Ministries. Uh, Scott's going to join us as kind of a guest co-host. Uh, he's also a, a, a co-sponsor of the show as well, so welcome, Scott. He's one of the guys you got to blame. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I'm not sure we blame We thank him. He Absolutely. Well, and speaking of blame, we've got Ron Carlson we on the board. We can always blame, yep. You can and, blame me. And those watching on Facebook, we're doing something new. Uh, we're recording. Uh, if you've listened to our show enough, you know we usually record on Friday mornings, and then it airs on Saturdays. We're actually recording this, uh, or not recording, we're actually streaming it live as we record on Facebook. So I don't know if uh, people watching actually can see the back of Ron's head. Um, but anyway, if you see a back, More likely. if you see the back of Ron's head, if you go to our Facebook page uh, on Caffeinated Thoughts Facebook page, you'll see the back of Ron's head. That's my best um, teacher. People now so running their computer so they can see the back right, of so, Ron's yeah, head. Even after we're done streaming, it'll be archived on the page so you can see it. Um, if you're just hearing this on the radio, so anyway, um, I, I had a fun. Uh, you guys missed me last Friday. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, we, we did. I did. did. <laughs> no, you, you know, Vanderhart, I got a bone to pick with you. I know. A I know. Bone to All pick. right. Ron's over here asking me on the air, well, so where's Shane today? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, I thought he was. <laughs> you, you swear me to secrecy. Oh, no, don't let anybody know what's going on. Next thing I know, it's on Facebook. There's a picture of you on Facebook, and you're blabbing to the whole free world about what. Well, you know, I was on, I was on drugs at the time. No, I'm uh, kidding. I still think he took a vacation in Florida. Yeah. No, I had I had uh, a, you had a mystery surgery. I had a mystery. No, it was a, it was umbilical hernia repair. That's that's out on on Facebook now. So mm-hmm. might as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't tell anybody, Brian. So they they had to have it scheduled, of course, when when we're recording the show. So obviously, I couldn't. I don't have to get the by location, so I couldn't you know be there and be here recording. So. Well, we had a good time. It was, in a good, your it was a good show. We had a we had a better time than you did that morning. I'm confident. I yes, I can. I I'm sure you did. Sure you did. So so we got Scott in here. We got Scott. Yeah. Yep. He he uh, probably is thinking to himself, "What have I done?" Well, I'm trying to figure out why I'm here, but I think I'm in the middle here just to keep you guys from being <laughs> next to each other. Pro- yeah, that's going to that, make us pause for peace. You're, you're yeah. our buffer. So <laughs> just uh, briefly, Scott, a little bit. Of what what do you guys? What do you do? Uh, we provide uh, free counseling on Mondays from 3 to 9. Uh, we do a, a variety of things, everything from helping people uh, work through some life-dominating issues in their life, helping them reconcile some issues that they might have with, with other individuals. Uh, we've been doing this for about three, four years, uh, and uh, it's been a great uh, opportunity to, to be able to do that. So also opened up some doors for us to uh, minister uh, outside the city area, uh, even went over to us. Uh, 
to uh, Nigeria to do some teaching over there. So we've been able to do a, quite a few different things, and it's been really, really exciting few years. Cool, cool. So uh, we have a very special guest on the line, uh, so it's probably time for us to get to him. Uh, Wayne Peterson, he's the chairman of the Day of the Unreached. He's also a global ambassador for Reach Beyond. Uh, Wayne's got a lot of uh, radio experience, so he's probably listening to us thinking, these guys are amateurs. Yes. Holy cow. So uh, I should have hired these guys that... 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wayne, uh, thank you so much for joining us on Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. First of all, just uh, hey. tell us a little bit, what does Reach Beyond do? And then we could talk about what the Day of the Unreached is all about. Well, Reach Beyond is an 85-year-old ministry, and we started at Quito, Ecuador. Uh, most people know us for the giant shortwave radio stations that reached around the world for many years. Mm. Today, very few people listen to shortwaves, so we've planted about 500 radio stations around the world, primarily in places that are less than 2% Christian. That's why we changed our name from HCJB to Reach Beyond, because uh, our, our mantra is we're going to reach beyond where the gospel has ever gone before in places like Thailand and Nepal and Romania and Mongolia. And uh, together with that, we have a healthcare community development ministry. We do clean water projects and we do mobile clinics. So we call ourselves the voice and hands of Jesus, the voice being the media and the hands being the healthcare. And the radio stations are all locally owned and locally run by people in Thailand that know the language and know the culture, and they're already there. And so we have 500 of those little FM stations all around the world relating to the community and sharing the love of Christ. Cool. So um, how how hard or how difficult has it been to, or e- not easy, you guys, tell us a little bit about the process of getting a radio station in a, in a, that's, that's Christ, Christian-based in a country that's not necessarily friendly to Christians. Well, it's it's a long process, really, and sometimes, uh, like in a place like Mongolia, Mongolia is actually one of the top ten fastest-growing countries in the world for Christianity, Mm -hmm. but we depend upon the local people to get the licenses. In the case of Thailand, uh, a group approached the government, and and the government says, we're going to give you 100 licenses. So we're in the process of building 100 stations in Thailand. Thailand is 0.5% Christian. And uh, we have the opportunity there to have to help that small growing church. Uh, working in a country like Nepal, it's much slower, much more paperwork, much more bureaucracy. We have 11 stations on the air now, but we depend upon the local people to have a relationship with their uh, district representatives to get those licenses and get them on the air. Then we come in with the uh, equipment and the training. And then it's their radio station. We don't have our name on it or anything. And it's all in the local culture and local language and staffed by local people. I think uh, local radio is what does it does things best. Wayne, what precipitated the government in Thailand to be interested in giving out 100 licenses? Well, uh, Thailand radio was chaos. Anybody that had a transmitter could go on and pick a frequency and go on the air. So it was chaos. And there was frequency upon frequency, and the military came in and did a coup and decided to shut down all media, all radio and all TV, and start from scratch. So only people that have a a frequency allocated by the government are able to go back on the air. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of this strategy in Thailand 
is uh, we're working with a church planting group in Thailand, and uh, they said if we can put in a hundred radio stations, we can plant eight thousand churches. Wow. So wow. Uh, we're putting in those stations, and the radio planting becomes leverage for the church planting in the country. Great, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's fabulous. That's incredible. And part of the favor, part of the favoritism we have with the government is it's not just Bible, Bible, Bible all day long. If it was in a heavily Buddhist country, we'd be shut down. But because we relate to the community, we work with the hospital, the police, the fire department, the schools, and uh, really serve the needs of the community, but we also play Christian music and get the gospel in periodically. So it's a symbiotic relationship. We're doing great service for the community, and they allow Christians to be on the air broadcasting. That's fantastic. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about this International Day for the Unreached. When is it? What is it about? Thank you. This is not just a Reach Beyond uh, project. It's a coalition of about 10 global ministries like Bibles for the World and Missio Nexus and Operation Mobilization and Global Mapping, uh, among others, that are concerned about about fulfilling the Great Commission. Christ told us to preach the gospel to every people group. And the design of this date, Pentecost Sunday, June 4th, is to raise the awareness of North American Christians for the cause of the unreached around the world. There are over 2 billion people that have never heard the gospel, 28% of the world's population are unreached. There are 6,000 people groups that do not have a voice for the gospel in their country. And there's only 4% of the half a million missionaries that are working among the unreached. The majority are working to support missions in place. So we felt it was important in light of Christ's commission to take the gospel to every people group that we talk to radio stations, radio programs like yours, to raise the awareness of the job still to be done to bring the gospel to places that uh, where the name of Christ is not known. So on, on June 4th, what what's going to happen on, on that day? Well, radio stations are going to be carrying spots leading up to uh, June 4th. There's going to be programming available. Uh, Pastors are going to be preaching on the cause of the unreached. And uh, there's actually going to be a nationwide podcast that day uh, featuring Phil Stacey and uh, some uh, mission leaders from some of these other organizations that will be on just uh, speaking in behalf of the unreached around the world. But it, it's loosely a two-month campaign, starting now with interviews like okay. this, just to just to remind people that there's still a lot to do in fulfilling Christ's command to bring the gospel to the whole world. During your program, in the spots and stuff, are you focused on the the 1040 window? I, I remember we we talked a lot about that when I was a pastor. We'd we'd focus on that. We we've gone through uh, praying for, through the 1040 window and things like that. Is that are those things that you'll be doing? Absolutely, and uh, it's interesting you mention that, because in the last hundred years, uh, that's where the greatest uh, growth of the Church has been. Mm -hmm. The fastest-growing Church in the world, uh, you wouldn't believe it, is Iran. One of the most persecuted countries in the world has the fastest-growing Church. Second fastest is Afghanistan, and the fact of the matter is, where there's a lot of opposition and persecution, that's where the Church is growing fastest. But we will have our focus on the Middle East, uh, North Africa, the Asian countries, uh, some of which we mentioned, like uh, Nepal and Bangladesh and Myanmar and some of those countries where there's 
uh, the gospel. Along with the program is a 30-day or a 60-day Bible study program that people can sign up with online. They can go to dayfortheunreached.org, and if individuals or churches or Sunday school classes would like for 30 or 60 days to focus on the call for reaching the world with the gospel, there's a Bible study uh, plan that people can get involved in. Great. So this is the second annual Day for the Unreached. After the, What kind of response did you get after the first one? Well, it's it's uh, probably quadruple this year from last sure. year, but well, last year we had a lot of uh, radio stations, radio networks that were carrying the spots and raising the awareness, and for a new project, uh, we had wonderful response. Uh, this year, it's uh, four times the response, and we're getting more interviews uh, like we're doing now on this decaffeinated radio time. And uh, He calls decaffeinated? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, you are I listening had, to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio on Truth 99.3 FM. Yeah, that's... Uh, I had, <laughs> so I'd be ready for you guys. Uh, so uh, it, it's all good. Uh, but, you know, people are catching the vision. And, and we purposely schedule it for Pentecost Sunday because that's when the birth of the church came about, mm-hmm, Right, people heard the gospel in their own language. People from all the countries of the known world at the time came together and heard the gospel, so we deliberately picked Pentecost Sunday as a day to launch this. Wayne, when, when you guys get a new station uh, up and running somewhere, is there local support that, to financially uh, step in and uh, once the the operation is up and it's running, or are you are you continually dependent on outside funding sources? One of the items in our memo of understanding with these stations is they have to be self-supporting okay. in a year, and so huh? you know in countries where it's like one percent Christian, they can't do shareathons and Christians call in with their <laughs> uh, support. It doesn't work. So most of them are commercial stations like like you guys. And they go to the community, and they get local advertisers, and actually that's part of their community service, too. So they get advertisers, and they support themselves in very unique ways, and that makes them even more a part of the community. Great. So based off of the last Day of the Unreached, kind of going back to that, I I was kind of curious, did, did did you hear of any neat stories about somebody saying, hey, uh, you know, I, I heard about this. I, I participated, and now God's called me to get involved. Any, uh, any stories like that? that? Well, there's one church I'm thinking of in particular that uh, has a pastor that was mi- very missional, and they were motivated to uh, to allocate up to one-third of their church budget for global ministry. Wow. And uh, their goal was to put 30 missionary couples on the field out of their church. So uh, that's uh, one very tangible way that we heard of one particular church that got involved in this. Uh, the other thing that's happened is uh, we've heard uh, stories from some of the other organizations that were part of this uh, Day for the Unreached Alliance that are saying they're getting more and more uh, candidates, more and more people inquiring about how do I get involved? How can I serve? How can I pray? How can I give? And it's not about finances, but as it's raising awareness of uh, the Christian public in North America, people have become more and more inquisitive on how can I give? How can I pray? How can I go? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, 
And just can you provide some answers for some of those questions you just brought up that people are asking? How how can people give? Well, how can people absolutely, pray? Absolutely, uh, there. Uh, you know, the, that's part of the reason we're doing that thirty day or sixty day prayer guide is to okay. help people know how to pray specifically for different areas of the world and different countries. Uh, obviously, there are always financial needs. But we're finding more and more, I mean, people my age that are transitioning out of their career into retirement, a semi-retirement, there are places they can go to serve as electricians or accountants or right. uh, teachers or engineers or doctors or nurses or dentists. There are ways that they can serve. We're also seeing, you know, among the uh, young adults, the uh, college people that are saying, you know, before I go on, I'd like to spend two years serving God in a great place in hey, the let's, world. Hey, let's get that website one more time for our listeners. Well, good. It's dayfortheunreached.org. Dayfortheunreached, one word, dayfortheunreached.org. Thanks a lot. Hi, this is Brian Myers of Myers & Associates. If you're involved in maintenance at a manufacturing plant, you know how costly it can be when a machine goes down. And if the reason that machine went down is because the electronic controls on it failed, it can really be problematic if those electronics are obsolete. Well, not to worry. We represent Providence Industrial Electronics Repair, and they can get your machine up and running in no time. They repair boards, drives, servo motors, light curtains, you name it. So if you need industrial electronics repaired at your plant, or if you have other industrial maintenance needs, give me a call at 515-490-2640. That's Myers & Associates, 515-490-2640. Myers & Associates, keeping your operations running. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you in part by Travis Rizwold of Modern Woodmen of America. Call Travis at 515-883-0029 and he can help you find the life insurance you need. So welcome back uh, to a special guest of ours. She's she Last time she was in with us, she was actually in studio, but now we've just got her on the phone. But Beth Lamb is joining us. Uh, with, she's the State Director for Child Evangelism Fellowship of Iowa. You're located, you're located in Sioux City. That's right. uh, do you guys have offices elsewhere in the state, or is it just Sioux City? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We have uh, offices in probably eight locations around the state. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. So just, uh, just out of curiosity, I, you probably weren't prepared to talk about this, but how many, how many actual paid staff do you guys have in the state? Well, I, uh, probably nine, counting me, just off the top of my head. The okay. state's divided into chapters, uh, 12 different chapters, and we have staff or committees in nine of our chapters. So for those those who are listening um, and may not be aware of Child Evangelism Fellowship, what do you guys do? And then we'll kind of drill down on what you're planning on doing this summer. Oh, sure. Right. Well, uh, our threefold purpose is to evangelize boys and girls and then disciple them in the Word of God and help them get established in a local Bible teaching church. And then our basic ministries help us do just that. In the school year, we have Good News Clubs. In the summertime, we have backyard Bible clubs, we call them five-day clubs. Mm -hmm. We have a truth chaser club where we can send uh, Bible lessons right into the homes of 
boys and girls, and uh, uh, we're a worldwide ministry. We're in over 200 countries around the world doing good news clubs and five-day clubs and teacher training, yeah. and then all 50 states and, uh, of course, right here in Iowa. Now, now the ACLU is a huge fan of your good news clubs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not so much. Not so much. All right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And that's the last time you were here. We talked mainly about your good news clubs. But you, you guys are going to start the summer your five-day clubs. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit. What, what's a five? What does a what? What is a five-day club? Uh, we know how long it is. Uh, yeah. What do you actually do? And what you know? What does your programming look like? And how how do people get involved with that? Sure. Well, it is five days in a row, <laughs> typically Monday through Friday. Uh, each day is ninety minutes, and that ninety minutes includes um, 30 minutes of, oh, outdoor play, you know, like parachutes and bubbles and sidewalk chalk and uh, Stuff that Brian likes. Soccer. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we can sign you up. Thanks a lot, pal. Um, Welcome. <laughs> yeah, we do 15 minutes of active games like that, then one hour of teaching, and then end the club with another 15 minutes of just that fun time with the kids. And then the one hour of teaching includes a Bible lesson each day, a review game to reinforce the teaching of the lesson. Uh, they learn one memory verse a day. There's a mission story about Mary Slesser, mm-hmm. missionary who served in Africa. And, uh, oh, and we sing songs, songs with actions and all that kind of thing. And then our theme for the summer is discovering Jesus. Mm-hmm. So those five Bible lessons are Jesus, the Good Shepherd, and then uh, when he heals blind Bartimaeus, and then raising Lazarus from the dead and feeding the 5,000, and then Friday's lesson is when Jesus heals a father's son who is sick. So how is this different than, say, a vacation Bible school? Oh, well, it's like a VBS on the road. Uh, I mean, a five-day club could be held in a church. We do them in churches, and they it's like a VBS, but then it's kind of designed to be an outreach ministry and go where the children are. I, we like to go where the children already gather together in the summer and then go to a five-day club with those kids. Because across Iowa, there's free lunch programs that are, I mean, that's been going on for several years. Those are served in schools or churches and community centers. So um, we have done clubs right there with those kids, too. And then, uh, well, you know, if if somebody does babysitting in the home for school-age kids in the summertime, then go there and do a club. And Or a church can uh, actually choose a week and have maybe three clubs that week. We send a team of our teenagers to teach the club, and then on Friday night, they can have a kids' rally. They do the clubs out in the neighborhoods, but Friday night, they bring all those clubs and all those kids into the church and then have a rally. You know, we have the kids sing the the five-day club songs, which have the gospel in them, quote the verses from the week. Um, uh, Parents are invited to come, so then they hear the gospel, too, and then they're inside the the door of the church. So uh, there's so many unchurched kids. Only 20% go to church hmm. these days. So that's 80% uh, of church of kids and families who don't go to church. Great. So uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship, then you guys write the curriculum? Right, okay. right, at our headquarters. Mm-hmm. And then you, uh, you recruit. Tell us a little bit about how you recruit uh, people to participate mm-hmm. as far as teach. Teach, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we train young people, teenagers age 14 and older. It can be college-age people, too. You don't have to be a teenager, or uh, sometimes it's uh, school teachers who have the summer off, and they come to our training, and that is called Christian Youth in Action. That training is June 5th through the 16th, and we do that down at Jericho Hills 
okay. which is south of Des Moines. All right. But, uh, yeah, we train them. The, they have about seven days of training and evaluated on, on presenting the Bible lessons and sharing the gospel and all of that. Then that second week of training, they actually go out and teach a five-day club as teams of four in a team. But anyway, they're still being evaluated. So once they are done with Christian Youth in Action training, they go back to their home area and then teach clubs in their own chapter. Now, I take it that they're expected to stay pretty closely to the curriculum that, that they've been taught? Right. Okay. Yep. That's the guideline. Mm-hmm. How many how many clubs did you guys have going on last, or um, yeah, five-day clubs, how many do you have going on last summer? Oh, over a hundred across oh. the state, you know, over a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. Then we do fair ministry in the summertime to use the wordless book colors and do gospel face painting. Okay. So that figures into that summer ministry as well. But what, sure. what was gospel face painting? Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Color, yeah. yeah. You, you got to explain that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that well, sounds use, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Sounds we use the colors of the wordless book, you know, gold for heaven and God's love, and the dark or black for sin, how mm-hmm. that keeps you out of heaven. Then red, of course, for Jesus' blood. The white is for a clean heart with your sin forgiven. And green is for then God wants you to grow. Grass grows and it's green. God wants you to grow by getting to know him better. So it's those five colors. And then we only do certain designs. I mean, sometimes a kid at the fair wants a John Deere tractor painted on his face or or a Batman or something, but we just have more simple kind of designs we paint, you know. Sure. But they're a captive audience. You can just talk right into their ear while you paint their yeah. cheek or their hand. <laughs> cool. Can't beat so, that. So how many county fairs do you – it was mainly county fairs. Do you guys do the state fair as well? Oh, we don't go to the state fair uh, – well, we have two weeks of camp good news as well. Okay. Uh, we are just so busy from June till, and then camp is, uh, let's see, it starts August 7th. That's elementary camp, and then we have a week of middle school camp, and that ends August 17th. So then it's time to kind of catch your breath, and the, our our teenagers get ready to go back to school. So. Yeah. So uh, how many uh, yeah. how many how, how many county fairs were you guys in last last year? Oh, maybe uh, oh, just maybe a guesstimate. Seven. Yeah, seven to ten, maybe seven. Okay. And not not every chapter does county fairs, but sure. some do. And, oh, I tell you, kids love to get their faces painted. I mean, really, you can reach hundreds of kids that way. Yeah, I, I'm i familiar with that particular ministry because when I was a youth pastor in Valparaiso, Indiana, oh. uh, the Porter County chapter actually did that at the Porter County, Porter County oh. Fair. Um, mm-hmm. So they actually had a kind of a modular unit they brought in and... and um, had kids come in and they did the wordless book mm. and face painting mm-hmm. and I, th- I can't remember what else they did but yeah so that that's uh, that's yeah. definitely a unique uh, way to minister to kids and um, mm-hmm. the five how how can how say you know one of our listeners said hey I'd like to host a five day club how can they get in touch with you how how can they sign up to do yeah. that yeah well I can give you my phone number and then uh, I if they're whatever chapter they're from of course I would refer them to the to the local director, but my number is 712-274-6217. Okay, say that again. Mm-hmm, 712-274-6217. Great. So um, as far as kids wanting to, to get involved with, or teenagers wanting to get involved with uh, Christian Youth in Action or a parent mm-hmm. listening, I don't know how many teenagers we actually have listening to our program, but more likely a parent say, hey, I'd like to encourage my teenager to do that. 
Mm-hmm. What are some basic steps before they actually come to training that they need to do? Oh, yeah. Well, there's an application form to fill out. And uh, we do have a website. It is cefofiowa.org. And on there, there's a page that, uh, with, that would talk about CYA and have that link to the application. Good deal. And then our, yeah, actually our chapters are listed on there, too, if somebody wanted to contact a chapter about five-day clubs. but Okay. All right. So, um, Brian, you- well, I was going to going to ask: are, are you getting what kind of participation are you getting in in the the different events that you're involved with, Beth? Um, I mean, are are some of them just blowing your mind as far as the interest and in, in getting a lot of people to show up, and some of them are disappointing? I mean, give us a, a sense of how things are going in that regard. Oh, well, that's, that's a good question, too. Uh, you have highs and lows, of course. Uh, but, oh, like our school good news clubs, you know, some of those clubs have 40 or 50 kids coming one day a week for an after-school uh, hour and a half of good news clubs. So that's a praise. And uh, in, in Sioux City, we just had a good news spectacular. It's a one-day event on a Saturday, uh, every second Saturday in March, and uh over 2,300 people came to that event. Wow. Uh, inflatable, inflatable rides, but it's the gospel throughout for for five hours. And toward this book room, you know, um, uh, we had salvation decisions. Even some, uh, I think, four parents prayed for salvation that day, as well as uh, over 100 kids. So great outreach event. So I don't know. Kids, when they hear about God's love, and they're just spiritually hungry for His truth. So. Well, you made a, you know, an observation earlier that's, I mean, it's a sad one, but it's it's clearly, uh, you know, the situation we find ourselves in now. You talk about how only 20 of them, excuse me, 20% of them yeah. are attending a church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was a young man back in the dark ages, mm-hmm. did you catch that, Shane? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a young man, everybody went to church. Right. I, did, I mean, I don't remember anybody that I grew up with on my block that didn't attend church somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and and the idea, uh, you know, the, the, the central tenets, if you will, of Christianity were well-known. I mean, whether or not every family on the block was evangelical, everybody at least had a sense of what redemption in Christ was and, and right. those sorts of things. Um, right. and, and that's just or at least know who cons- Jesus was, and it wasn't, you know, Jesus down the street, right? Well, mm-hmm. good point, but... I, it's it's just there's there's been a stark change in our culture relative to some very basic assumptions about Christianity, um, basic knowledge of Christianity that was so commonplace years ago. Mm-hmm. Hey, with your, um, I'm just yeah. thinking because I'm you know kind of scatterbrained that way. Going back to camp, never, Go- yeah, never. <laughs> camp good, camp good news. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me the dates about that for that again. Okay, uh, for the elementary age group, that's August 7th through 11, and then uh, the following week, August 13th through 17th, is for middle school okay. age kids. Mm-hmm. And where do you guys hold that? And that's at Jericho Hills, okay. which is, yeah, down by Osceola. All right, so, of Des Moines. and mm-hmm. peop- uh, people can sign their kids up um, on uh, from your website? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's, mm-hmm. give us the website again. Sure, it is uh, cefofiowa.org. Okay, cefofiowa.org to mm-hmm. learn about Camp Good News, five-day mm-hmm. clubs, uh, the 
Christian Youth in Action. A lot of ways, folks, you guys can get involved in, in reaching out to kids, uh, especially as, as our, our, you know, our culture becomes more and more and more unchurched. This is definitely a right. way to, I mean, uh, a practical way to reach the least, the last, and lost. And, and, uh, and expose the gospel to children while they're young. Right, right. Definitely. And, and, you know, you find it's also a good way to kind of to connect with parents that are also in church because parents, you know, are, are, are usually saying, I've, I encountered this when I was a youth pastor. Well, I want, my, I want to expose my kids to youth group or to, we had Awana. Uh, at the mm-hmm. church I, I I was a youth pastor at, uh, but um, you know I'm not sure I need that stuff. So, but they'd see their kids getting involved, and they would start to get involved. Then, uh, mm-hmm. so this is a great work that you're doing. Thank you so much for it, uh, Beth. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks um, for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Beth. We're praying it goes oh, well you. this summer. Yeah, thank you so much. And again, check out cefofiowa.org. Get in touch with Beth. Uh, she needs lots of volunteers and hosts. I want to see our, our listeners, you know, lead the way on this. Hi, this is Brian Myers. When I needed a better life insurance plan, I found it with Travis Rizvold of Modern Woodman of America. When I first met Travis, he wasn't like some other life insurance agents that can be pushy and try to get you to buy something. Travis just made himself available to me. That was it. He told me to let him know if and when I needed anything, and he stayed in touch. When the day came and I did need to make some changes with my life insurance, Travis met with me and walked me through several options so I could make an informed decision. Ultimately, it was the best decision for my situation. So if you need a better or the best life insurance plan for you, call my friend Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. His number is 515-883-0029. Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. He can help you find the life insurance you need. Call him at 515-883-0029. Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome back to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you in part by Crosswalk Ministries with Scott Owen, who's sitting right next to me, offering biblical counseling and conciliation. Give him a call at 515-292-7141 or go to crosswalkcounseling.org. And now it's time for our news segment, otherwise known affectionately as News You Can Use. First up, this is from Americans for Prosperity. On Monday, the Des Moines Register reported that Iowa's major carrier, Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, based in Des Moines, will stop selling individual policies in the state beginning in 2018. The group has stated they can no longer sustain the high cost of covering people under Obamacare. Wellmark has stated their departure will impact 21,400 Iowa residents. The company reportedly lost $90 million over three years. Wow covering Iowans who purchased such plans. Drew Klein, who's state director of Americans for Prosperity, said this. This is a startling wake-up call, but hopefully it is clearer than ever to Iowa's federal legislators that Obamacare is failing and must be fully repealed. If Obamacare law is not repealed, we can expect the trend of insurers 
pulling out of the market to continue here in Iowa and across the nation. Now, interestingly enough, and I can't remember which carrier it was, but Aetna. didn't an, another carrier Aetna. bailed out of the exchange this week as well? Yeah. So now, are we down to just one carrier? I thought they said we have two left, I think, but it might be just one. There are a number of states now throughout the country who are down to one carrier in the exchange. This thing was doomed for failure, and here we are, and I, I hope somebody will make an improvement in this nightmare soon. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. Definitely. All right, next up, caffeinated thoughts. Mm-hmm. We know those guys. Yeah. This is from Caffeinated Thoughts. On Tuesday afternoon, the Iowa House passed SF-471, a 20-week abortion ban on a 55-42 to 42 party line vote after having a floor debate that spanned two days. The Iowa Senate passed the bill on March 14th with a 32-17 to 17 bipartisan vote. The bill will need to pass in the Iowa Senate before it goes to the governor's desk. And that's because it, uh, they amended it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amendments were good, as I recall. Yes, it strengthened, yeah. it strengthened the bill, I think. There it included a three-day waiting period, um, included uh, 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 more, a stronger language to encourage doctors to make sure um, they hear, you know, listen to the heartbeat, they mm-hmm. do an and ultrasound. The ultrasound. Yeah. yeah, that was good stuff, if I recall. Over the past two days, debate raged on this bill in the House. Republicans stood strong against immense pressure and, frankly, countless personal attacks and insults from opponents. Jennifer Bowen, spokesperson for Iowa Right to Life, told Caffeinated Thoughts, We are extremely happy to see this bill continue through the legislative process again this year, particularly now that the fetal anomaly incompatible with life language was removed. Right. Happy happy because we know that this bill will save the lives of 50 or more babies every single year. So while those, you know, people are cons- are disappointed the life of conception bill did not pass. Right. And I, I, I understand that. Um, this is, you know, uh, this right now is the best, probably the best bill, uh, and hopefully, def- you know, plan, well, excuse me, Planned Parenthood won't be, won't be defunded. It'll be reallocating money away from abortion. That's the, that's the talking point. <laughs> Because the law can't specifically target one particular organization, uh, that'd be unconstitutional. Um, but basically, the bill that will reallocate family planning money away from abortion providers to federally qualified health centers that should pass of, as well. Of which there are plenty out there. There are that are more, not more than parenthood. more than abortion clinics That's certainly. Right. Um, so or abortion providers. So um, yeah, that should pass. It's really, I mean, this is remarkable year and a lot of pro-life legislation getting passed even though the gold standard life at conception bill mm-hmm. was, was, did not pass there's always next year we'll keep fighting for that well in this bill there's no question about it uh governor branstead is going to sign it right so i mean done deal yeah well it's got to get if through it gets, the senate, right right get through the senate again. right but we don't need to worry about about that aspect okay this is the new york times Senate Republicans changed long-standing rules on Thursday to clear the way for the confirmation of Judge Neil M. Gorsuch to serve on the Supreme Court, bypassing a precedent-breaking Democratic filibuster by allowing the nomination to go forward on a simple majority. In deploying the so-called nuclear option, lawmakers are fundamentally altering the way the Senate handles one of its most significant duties, a sign of the body's creeping rancor in recent years after decades of at least relative bipartisanship 
on Supreme Court matters. Both parties have likewise warned of sweeping effects of the future of the court, predicting that the shift will lead to the elevation of more ideologically extreme judges if only a majority is, record, is, is required for confirmation. Well, and I understand from looking at Facebook here, this is Friday morning when we're recording this, obviously, right. but I understand uh, that, that the Senate has indeed confirmed uh, Gorsuch? Justice Gorsuch. Oh, that happened. I didn't think that was happening until this evening. It says here, Brian, Senate confirms Neil Gorsuch as new Supreme Court justice. Good. Okay. What I'm seeing I knew I knew the vote was happening today. I just yeah. didn't realize it was going to happen in the morning. So, well, caveat here: I'm, I'm the going, person on Facebook yeah. could be completely wrong. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it's, that's what it says. Let's put it that way. Okay. Next up, this is also from the New York Times. President Trump said on Wednesday that Susan E. Rice, the former National Security Advisor, may have committed a crime by seeking to learn the identities of Trump associates swept up in surveillance of foreign officials by United States spy agencies, repeating an assertion his allies in the news media have been making since last week. Mr. Trump gave no evidence to support his claim. Surprise, Shocking. surprise. I'm, I'm shocked by that. <laughs> he never does that. <laughs> he always cites evidence, right? Right, right. Sure. <laughs> oh, current and former... Intelligence officials from both Republican and Democratic administrations have said they do not believe Ms. Rice's actions were unusual or unlawful. The president repeatedly rebuffed attempts by two New York Times reporters to learn more about what led him to the conclusion, saying he would talk more about it at the right time. Like, never. <laughs> oh, oh, he'll talk about it again on Twitter. Oh, that's true. Uh, yes. The right time will be 3 o'clock in the morning. morning. Yeah. Look, I... I think from what I've been able to determine, there's some bad stuff going on. Right. There's, there's been a series of leaks of, of intel for months now. Yeah. It's a huge problem. Yeah. The left is looking the other way right. at that. And yeah. this business with Susan Rice, I will say, it doesn't look good. No. And I'm it, confident it, that if the shoe was on the other foot, if, this, if we were talking – about a, a Democratic uh, uh, administration having this happen to them, the media would be all over it. I agree. I agree. Um, what, what, what she did probably isn't unlawful. Um, however, the unmasking led to leaks. Well, apparently after, after the names were unmasked, this intel, whatever it was, was spread quite a ways. I mean, there was a number of people that saw it. it that stuff's not supposed to happen. Right. Right. So, so yeah, there's definitely there's problems with leaks that needs to that needs to be investigated. Yeah, you know, what kind of level of fire there is here, I don't know, but but there's a lot of smoke. Okay. Definitely. There's a lot of smoke. Okay. Last we've got from CNN, the United States launched a military strike Thursday on a Syrian government airbase in response to a chemical weapons attack that killed dozens of civilians earlier in the week. On President Donald Trump's orders, U.S. warships launched 59 Tomahawk cruise missiles at the airbase that was home to the warplanes that carried out these chemical attacks. The first, excuse me, the strike is the first direct military action taken by the U.S. against the regime of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad in the country's six-year civil war. It represents a substantial escalation of the U.S. military campaign in the region and could be interpreted by the Syrian government as an act of war. Yeah. We're running out of time, Shane. Hey, yes. 
Just, I just, my point is, ISIS is not spelled Assad. A S S A D. That's not how you spell ISIS. Anyway, this is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. We'll be back in a moment. That's unforgivable. Those were the words screamed by a teen angry at the actions of his dad. I'm Scott Owen with Crosswalk Ministries of Central Iowa, and it's time to pause for peace. The incident with the unforgiving team took place almost 30 years ago, and I felt myself unequipped to help him walk through forgiveness. Maybe you find yourself where I was back then as a young youth pastor, uncertain as to the practice and power of forgiveness. I knew it was important, but I was clueless as to the helpful steps toward encouraging forgiveness after a serious offense. Since that time, I have benefited from the clear teaching on forgiveness by Peacemaker Ministries. Their seven A's for a biblical apology and the four commitments of forgiveness are remarkable tools. If you're needing more information on forgiveness, why don't you visit our counseling center here in Ames or visit our website at crosswalkcounseling.org. That's crosswalkcounseling.org. Hey, do you want to take advantage of the marketing potential within social media for your company or organization, but you're not so sure how? Let me help. My company, 415 Communications, is a social media consulting firm that works with groups like yours. Go to 415communications.com or give me a call at 515-321-5077. And now it's time for our new feature on Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Due to the incredible sheer volume of material we have available because the leader of the free world loves to tweet, today we're once again ending the show with our new feature. So, without further delay, drum roll please. May I present to you the top Trump tweet of the week? So exciting. Listen to this. Yes. Excited listening. They always like it when we mention them. They're beside themselves again. Our Facebook Live audience is uh, impressed with our, our live studio of audience um, volume. <laughs> hey, come on. Nobody's impressed with any of this. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> All right. This one is from – he always does his best work in the middle of the night. He does. This one is from 3.15 a.m. on April 3rd. Such amazing reporting on unmasking and the crooked scheme against us by at Fox and Friends. Spied on before nomination, the real story. (laughs) And then it's 5.51 a.m. Now, he tweeted some other stuff out that wasn't related to this particular subject before before this. But at 5.51, he he tweeted this. At Fox News, from multiple sources... There was electronic surveillance of Trump and people close to Trump. This is unprecedented. At FBI. So he copies the FBI on his tweet. It's like he could just call up the attorney general or the director. All right. There you go. All right. This is from the Politico. Fox and Friends opened its broadcast Monday morning with host Steve Ducey highlighting the network's bombshell report about the unmasking of the Trump team. Citing a source, 
Malia Zimmerman and Adam Housley reported Friday that the U.S. intelligence official responsible for unmasking names of associates of Trump is someone who is, quote, very well known, very high up, very senior in the intelligence world, unquote. The official, they said, is not in the FBI, which is investigating Russia's meddling into the 2016 presidential election, including possible collusion between Trump associates and Russian officials. Zimmerman and Housley added that the House Intelligence Committee chairman, Devin Nunes, is aware of who the official is and has known about the unmasking since January, noting that the California Republican reportedly obtained the information well before the president blasted out an unsubstantiated tweet accusing former President Barack Obama of wiretapping Trump Tower before the election. This is a mess, and it's not it going to go away. And it, and here's the thing. We've talked about this before. The best thing that the Donald could do would just be to shut up about it, right. not be tweeting in the middle of the night all this stuff. Certainly the American people would have a lot more sympathy for him if he was not doing that. And it's creating all kinds of problems for him, too, because right. he's making all these unsubstantiated claims. So, yeah, certainly, again, this needs to be investigated, but this is where you call up the director of the FBI, you talk to your attorney general, and it's like, I want these leaks stopped. Mm-hmm. This is, this, they're, they're leaking classified information. This is unlawful. These people cannot go unpunished. I want them out of the administration. I want them out of the intel- the intelligence agency. And we, and we don't run around making all these crazy, unsubstantiated claims. It makes you look like an idiot, and it causes all kinds of legal problems, too. Right. So, yeah, but Washington's leaks has have always been a problem with Washington. Uh, but this is, this is beyond the pale. Well, what's really telling is there have been people on the left suggesting that the leaks are a healthy thing. Oh. Can you imagine them saying that? Yeah, they would say that when President oh, Obama was in. And I wouldn't be saying that when President no. Obama is in. Cla- leaking classified information is not a good thing, period. Hey, this is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Scott, Thank you for, for listening. And Scott, thanks for being here with us today. And uh, I'd like to say goodbye to our Facebook Live audience as well because we'll be turning it off.